0: Hello and welcome to another Isis Energy podcast. This week we'll be talking about some climate talks which are coming up in Paris in uh, the end of November into December, um, where all nations are set to come together to agree on how to tackle climate change after 2020. Um, So we'll be talking today about what that means and what it means for markets in particular. My name is Ben Lee. I am the lead carbon reporter at Isis Energy. Uh, And I'm joined today with Jan Andreasen, uh, my colleague on the analyst side of things at IsisChack Solutions. Hi, Jan. Good morning, Ben. Well, thanks for joining us today. So I guess we'll start off talking about Paris then. Well, could you tell us a bit about, you know, what Paris is and what's likely to happen?
1: Sure. So the main aim, if you want, of this potential international agreement will be to um, tackle global warming. So there will be a sort of an overarching target to try to limit the increase of um, global average uh, temperature by a certain threshold, uh, broadly 2 degrees Celsius by the end of the, of the century. And uh, the main platform or let's say instruments in order to reach that uh, overarching goal uh, will be emission reduction targets, which have been put forward by uh, various countries um, for the past several months. Um, so. Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of the, the two key elements, a little bit uh, for, for
0: for for Paris Agreement there. Okay, so emissions reduction targets, so actually cutting emissions in countries is going to be a key a key point. Um, but markets, uh, which you know carbon trading, that's one way to achieve that. Um, how likely is that to feature in the deal?
1: Yeah, I think it's a very interesting question in the sense that we saw um, some interesting developments in the past few weeks. Uh, for example, in Bonn, there was the 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 bone meeting uh, last week uh, where uh, un uh, climate negotiators met uh, to further d- discuss the uh, the negotiating text um, so we saw definitely a, a key provision there for markets, three main ones, I would say. Um, the first one being the possibility of having uh, parties transferring what's called their mitigation outcome. In other words, see a little bit what we saw under the Kyoto Protocol where parties were able to transfer between each other assigned amount units. So if someone has a surplus, it can sell its emission units to someone who has a, a shortfall. Uh, a second element is the potential development of a, of a let's say uh, unified crediting mechanism they talk about a mechanism towards sustainable development so maybe we see the emergence of something a little bit like the clean development mechanism or the joint implementation and then uh, third uh, third element uh, definitely not the least last but not least uh, accounting principle uh, obviously as soon as you talk. to Talk about a market. You have to think about the credibility of such mechanism, and so there has been some uh, accounting principle put forward a little bit uh, in, in that new text in terms of uh, trans, uh, transparency, comparability, avoid double counting. So really, um, this is those sort of three key elements, key elements which are now present in the uh, in the main draft agreement, and so the key question will be um, yeah, which of those uh, will be able to, to make it to a, to a final uh, agreement potentially in
0: Paris in December. OK. Well, it sounds like the wording that's in there at the moment is going to set the groundwork and the framework for markets to develop in the future, but as you mentioned, the big question is, uh, will this language on markets remain into the final text, which is agreed in December? Discussion discussion's yeah. going to be very tense in, in Paris. There's going to be a lot of bartering and negotiation. Um, Oh, I guess I have a two-part question, which is, firstly, how likely is a deal in Paris? And secondly, how likely is markets to make it into the final text?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, in our opinion, it is, it is very likely that we will see and um, uh, international agreements on climate change in Paris. Um, the reason is uh, that this time, actually, it might actually be different. You know, every time we've got a a COP meeting, people say, oh, this time it's different, like in 2009, for example, and actually we do not see an an agreement. Um, My opinion, this is different this time because the dynamics are very different. What we see, I think that the key element is we've got China and the U.S. on board. And this is really a critical element in the sense that, first of all, they're sort of the top global emitters. um, And so it doesn't really make sense to have an agreement without those parties on board. we saw a little bit of a different dynamics evolving along the years before there was really this this strong divide between um, developing countries and developed countries uh, with this notion of of common but differentiated responsibility where there was a sort of a sense that, or let's say developing countries saying, well, developed countries have had a long time to, to, uh, let's say, grow their economy and uh, greenhouse gases and uh, in that sense we haven't had as much time on our side and therefore the responsibility towards climate change um, means you know is more for let's say developed countries in that sense they should have more do more when it comes to the climate and then we saw a little bit this dynamic evolve in the in the past few years um, with with countries like China realizing also um, that um, let's say putting forward targets uh, uh, say could is actually in their uh, their national interest they obviously some domestically there's some challenge in china when it comes to pollution for example water scarcity um or the, the efficient use of, of uh, power production inputs such as coal so all actually it, it does make economic sense now or uh, there is a realization of that for those countries to actually be part of the international uh, climate agreement so yeah. but um when it comes to second Regarding the, the likelihood of um, market provisions making it to a, to, to a final agreement, I think it's uh, it's uncertain at this point. Um, obviously, they, they are, because there are so many other key agreements, or let's say key elements in an agreement, which which are perhaps which are quite critical, Uh, you know, I'm talking about the targets here, I'm talking about maybe having some revision over time of those targets potentially every five years, I'm talking about climate finance, which is really a key key element for developing countries. Um, And obviously, it's a matter of choosing your battles, obviously parties like the EU who really want to see market provisions, Uh, maybe China and the US who are a little bit more on the sidelines, who are not against it, but who are not big proponents of it. And then, uh, at the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got um, uh, other parties uh, which are against the the, the use of markets, such as Bolivia, uh, Venezuela, for
0: example. Okay, I see. Well, I think we'll wrap up there, actually, but thanks for that. Um, So, in summary, it sounds like a deal in Paris is likely to happen in December. Whether or not uh, this is going to include markets is still uncertain. Uh, Discussions are likely to be very tense. Um, But we'll be following this more uh, both on the editorial side at ISIS and um, on the analyst side at Chack Solutions as well. Um, So keep in touch with us if you'd like to find out more detail on what happens in Paris and what this means for climate action and environmental markets going forward. Well, thanks for joining us, Jan, and thanks for listening. Thank you, Ben.